Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, I'm McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel. Hello and welcome everybody into the Sun Solar Panel. Whether you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube or listening on the podcast, we appreciate you, the Flaming Ballers, more than you know. I am your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy. Joining me as always is the Silver Fox, Dave King. Dave, how are you? I'm doing pretty awesome. How are you guys today? We're doing sign language on the podcast today. Okay. <laughs> always, always good on the audio only version. You know, it's, you know, it's so good though, Dave, Dave, I know sign language, so it's okay. <laughs> and, and for yeah, those I'll, of you listening on I'll the podcast, Paul actually just did real sign language. So he's not kidding. Uh, it's yeah. good to have Dave back. Uh, you missed the midweek stimmy, but glad to have you here for the full Saturday. So, uh, Saul, how are you, my friend? The Carmel Thunder from down under. How, how are uh, you on this fine Saturday? I'm actually pretty good. You know, hey, it's eight o'clock in the morning and uh, the sun's won last night. So that's great. It's all good. Yes, we we record this on a Saturday morning and there was a big sun's win on friday night but before we get into any of that i have to pick up a conversation that we started wednesday saul on the midweek show if you missed it you can get the midweek stimmy on the audio feed or you can see the video by becoming a member of the youtube page a flaming baller by clicking the join button uh, those are the two ways you can get the midweek show and saul and i started a discussion on the best sports films of all time on that show yes, and i did. promised him that i would sit down and i would watch white men can't jump and i did on friday i uh the, the joys of working from home i uh watched white man can't jump friday afternoon and uh so we have some talking to do i what yeah i you didn't like it it was okay. I mean, oh, it was entertaining. My God. Espo, but, I'm not the only one that shares this opinion that White Man Can't Jump is one of the best basketball movies of all time. I know. Like, well, A, you called it the best sports movie of all time, which expands yes. that universe quite a bit from the best bo basketball movie for, of all for, time. For myself, absolutely, yes. yes. Look, I, it, was, it was entertaining. The trash talk, obviously fun. There's some great one-liners that I'm sure I will use at uh, at some point. Uh, some great Yo Mama jokes that I hadn't heard since I was, uh, you know, 10, and it was nice to relive that. <laughs> but, uh, nice. you know, I, I just, I don't, I didn't see why you would consider it the greatest movie of all time. It was the basketball sports, scene. Sports movie. Sports, sports movie. movie. Sports movie. Excuse me, sports movie. The basketball scene. Eh. I, I don't believe that Wesley Snipes actually can play hoops, having having watched that. I, I, I believed more that Woody Harrelson could hit those jump shots than I did Wesley Snipes uh, wasn't getting his ass blocked every time he took it to the rim with some of those moves that he had in that uh, in that movie. Ooh, uh, you know, like... Ooh. I, I get why uh, you, you have to... You have to understand that up until that point, maybe outside of Hoosiers, what was... This is probably the, the most authentic basketball footage in a movie as opposed to, you know, like when you were watching like Teen Wolf and you're like, what the hell's going on in this court right now? You know what I mean? Like, or, or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where they're playing on the, uh, <laughs> on the half court. That's a full court. Yeah, exactly. Or when, you know, you know, Will Smith, you know, gets the jump ball and just shoots it straight from the jump ball and scores like what? I don't know. Let, that's let me ask though. What was the first stage you saw this? Because I think that probably plays a lot into it as a 37 year old, watching it and 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 looking at it i think my my thoughts would be different than if 15 year old me had seen this movie i'm guessing the first time you saw it you were in that 10 to 15 range maybe where you're a little more impressionable uh i mean impressionable sure but I, it still holds it's still i could watch that anytime any day 
I think it's entertaining, but I, it would not make my top sports movie. Of, uh, of Dave, Dave, do you do you disagree? Do you do you agree? Do you do you hate us? Do you want us just to move on? <laughs> no, no, I'm just listening in on this wonderful. I think um, I I think the last time I saw a white man can't jump was like three serious relationships ago. So you know, <laughs> a lot has happened. <laughs> Four score and seven really. years ago. <laughs> yeah. I oh be a basketball player and Wesley Snipes before he got weird. So yeah, uh that's true. This that's is, my this that's my recollection. Pre blade Wesley Snipes was Rosie Perez when she was young. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, all I, of that. I Rosie Perez, I could understand why young Saul Bookman was uh, very interested in this film. I can, I can. No, I actually, that. to this day, when I watch it, I'm like, yeah, she's attractive, but damn, I did not like her character at all. Even when I was 13, I was like, oh, it was a oh terrible character. Billy, Billy. I'm like, oh my gosh, shut up, please. Her voice has never been any better than that. I mean, it's no. not like that character was a bad Rosie Perez. That was just Rosie Perez. <laughs> well, the only good okay. thing about her is when she wasn't talking, you yeah. know? <laughs> Uh, that's Dave King at Dave King. You asked. NBA. You guys oh asked. <laughs> uh, I oh. not, that, that was not condoned by the solar panel. No. That was Dave King's opinion. No. And Dave King's opinion only. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, I I think they picked, uh, I think they miscast the white guy because everybody knows Woody Harrelson can get higher than most people uh, in Hollywood. Woody Harrelson. Uh, is a man that's not af afraid of uh, of getting high. So just uh, when, just, when he just so we're all clear, he got game as the best basketball movie of all time. Just so you know, uh, I've got another assignment. Then I'll get on that one too. <gasps> oh, Espo, what are you even doing on this show? <laughs> oh I, my gosh, have I you have seen Blue Chips? Have you seen Hoosiers? Yes, I've seen Blue oh Chips. I've seen Hoosiers. Uh, you know, there's a there's a, a few blind spots in my movie. Uh, resume but i'm filling them because you've asked me to so he got game next up and i'm guessing i won't crap on it as much as i did uh Sunset white man can't jump people so. in the chat people in the cha chat talking about uh coach carter and sunset park <laughs> no <laughs> no hey coach Carter. anyway pretty darn good real basketball yeah. You want to get back? We'll get to uh, get back to the NBA and what's at yeah, hand. Is this, and is this is this your movie? Uh, are you are you missing your your? Um, didn't you didn't you do movie reviews, sports movie movie reviews on your Fox Sports Arizona feed? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and that also was four score and seven years ago. So. I think you, yeah, I, I think you're missing that too much. Let's actually talk about the Phoenix Sun. I didn't bring it up. I brought it up we because we needed to up. finish How that about conversation. We bring up the Suns. Hey, I, I, that was <laughs> like 10 I'll minutes. Bring whatever in. the hell I want, whenever you know the hell what? I want. You know what, Dave? I know we said we wouldn't restart the show, but I feel like we kind of need to restart the show. <laughs> I feel like we need to restart the show. Good Lord. Jeez. Hello, oh, and welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel. I'm your host, Greg Esposito. Ahoy, ahoy. Dave King, the Silver Fox, uh, Carbal Thunder from Down Under, Saul Bookman. Oh, hello. We're gonna actually start talking Suns now. Let's uh, okay. let's hop into it. Look, uh, a interesting week in Suns world as we record this on Saturday morning. Uh, a big lead blown against the Nets. A big deficit overcome against the Pelicans. Uh, I don't want to break down specific games too much, but I want to ask a, a larger question that comes with this: Is it all right to have higher expectations than we thought for this Suns team this week for me in particular i know a few other guys there's a uh, a Suns uh, text thread that i'm in and and i know these guys are going through it as well but there's there's a faction of Suns fans that seem happy that they're in playoff contention that they're going to be a playoff team and then there's a group like myself that i think is slowly evolving into They've shown their potential, and if they are not pushing to be one of the contenders in the West, I'm going to be frustrated. And so is it all right to have higher expectations for this team, or should I back that down? Should other Suns fans mm -hmm. back that down and just be realistic that we came into this hoping they'd make the playoffs, they'd take a step, and it seems like they are? Go ahead, Dave. 
Wow. I, you know what? I think I'm with you and I don't like being in that position. So this is making me <laughs> uncomfortable right now, but I do think that the, uh, that we should have higher expectations. I think when I watch this team play, I know when I watch this team play, I believe they can beat anybody. Um, I, I think it's about how it, it, they became a Chris Paul team. They definitely have. Uh, while Devin Booker is the star on the team and is is an all star, this is really Chris Paul's team because of how he uh, d- how he makes sure that they play the way he wants to play, which is low turnovers, um, uh, really good shot making in the in the half court, uh, not a lot of fast breaks. They play good defense. They don't give up cheap points, uh, and that's basically Chris Paul embodied. And this team has already already become that. So. Guess what wins in the playoffs? All of those features. The things that have held Chris Paul back is is one injury. He what um, for the Rockets that one year they almost made it. Uh, they almost got through past the uh, Golden State Warriors at their height. Otherwise, it's the Warriors, you know, that held him back. So um, in general, so will are the Suns contenders? Absolutely. Should they be in the finals? I don't think "should"s a good word, but could? Why not? What about I... you, Saul? You know, I don't know what it is about um, specifically Arizona um, where we're almost afraid of success and we're afraid to challenge success. You know, like it's okay to embrace the fact that this team might be good and that they should be good and that they should be a contender. Like we shouldn't be afraid of that. And if you're pushing for excellence, you know, and, and, and and you fall just a couple notches below, then so be it. That's fine. But I'd rather push for excellence than just, you know, think, okay, what if, you know, you know, I, I, there, there's been a couple times in my own life, right. Where I thought "Mm," I put my own ceiling on myself and I got to that ceiling and I was like, oh, I probably could have gone a lot higher if I would have just pushed myself a little bit more. And and I think as Suns fans, we, we kind of suffer from that affliction where we just, we're afraid of what's what the worst is going to be instead of hoping for what the best is going to be. And I think we need to change that mindset. It's okay. The Suns are good. It's okay to say that. You're not going to jinx yeah. the team by saying that. You know, if if injuries happen after we launch this episode, then injuries happen. You can't stop it, and it's not going to change what's going to happen. Like, so just embrace – don't embrace the suck. How about that? Don't <laughs> embrace the suck. Embrace the moment. Enjoy the moment that we're in. So I understand that ceiling feeling. I have it every every time we turn on the cameras on Saturday mornings. I feel like I should have aimed a lot higher than this, but here we are. (laughs) But here we are at the ceiling. (laughs) This is my expectations. This is where we could have gone. Oops. (laughs) I I should have aimed for Sports Center rather than the walk in closet in Mesa. But here we are. Now, look, I, I get why some Suns fans feel that way i mean we've been burned in every arizona sport we've been burned that's what happens when you're always the bridesmaid and never the bride at some point you just go oh i'm not getting married okay and that's been divorced i've been divorced twice i still ain't stopping shooting for the stars now because what the hell could be worse than what i just went through (laughs) fair enough (laughs) but look i mean i get the mindset but i'm just at a point where i'm like look we went through 10 years of hell i see the light so I'm going to go after that and expect this team to play as well as we've there seen them go. be able Espo, to. Go to the light. Go, go <laughs> look, to the light. I am. I I'm working on it. All right. God damn. <laughs> At my we, age, we you have, never um, know. Okay. We have a really great. We have a really great Suns fan in the chat. I'm not saying anything personal against you, but please stop thinking Blake Griffin is still Blake Griffin. The dude is just a a tombstone right now walking around the NBA court. He's played well in a couple of games against the Suns for a couple of minutes at a time. And people think he's a, he's a good guy to acquire. This is not your old Blake Griffin. And he is not the Suns win games on defense and ball control and, and making three pointers when they need to Blake shoots three pointers. He just doesn't make them. And he, he just doesn't play the kind of game that the Suns need. Oh, I mean, Blake Griffin, I think, is the missing piece to a championship. <laughs> you want the corpse of Blake tra- Griffin to bring it so in? Four tra- years ago, tra- Blake Griffin. say that with a straight made. face. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I, I think that's another byproduct of what we've gone through as fans, though, is 
you look at this and I agree. I think they need another piece and that piece is likely a power forward, but you look at it and you're like, what's the big name? What can you get in? Because for a decade, there was no big name here, right? Chris Paul is that big name here. Now, if you're going to fill in a spot, I don't think you need to, to go chasing guys at the tail end. I think you need to go chasing guys that, uh, that may, may be at the potentially being at the peak. We've mentioned to John Collins. There's other names. There's cap space restrictions. But I think well, name chasing is, is what happens when you've gone through 10 years like Suns fans have. Uh, and and we all know how bad that is. I mean, we did a podcast for for three of those uh, those ten really bad years, so we know it <laughs> as well. But to me, we I want we survived I want days. this team to to aim for contending in the West, especially if AD's injury is more serious, like we briefly talked about on Wednesday. If it he's to, out a long time, has to be independent of of anyone else's injuries. I think the Suns no, can agree. beat any team. I, I agree, but I'm saying that window Fully. opens a little wider if AD is out injured, and and that means, hey, why not us at that point? Like, I think you're just as good as the Clippers when you're hot, uh, and, and I think as much as everybody is on the Jazz right now, I think the Jazz are the, that Adla- like that Atlanta Hawks team a handful of years ago, right? Where where they ran through the East, they were a number one seed, and then they took it in the teeth in the playoffs. I just, I don't buy into the Jazz. Or I do not think they are the, this team that everybody thinks they are right now. And I think the Suns are the better team than the Jazz. So I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, just go, go for it. Because you never know what's going to happen. So embrace this year. You're playing well. Uh, and you and you haven't even reached your peak yet. I, I think uh, having high expectations is more than fine. For the me. thing, the thing is though, is, is that our our ceiling is higher than Utah's because of two guys, Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. If they play awesome, then we could compete against any team at any time, hands down. When those two are not awesome, it is very difficult for this team to compete with the elite teams for sure. CP3 and Booker can only do so much. Um, and more CP3 lately than Booker. And, you know, it, it, and that sounds weird to say because Booker just got player of the week a week ago, averaging over 30 a game. But as we saw against the Nets, we, they needed him. And even yesterday, Booker wasn't amazing. You know, he he had an okay game to, to his standards, right? Um, but what happened? I texted you guys about how Cam Johnson was not playing very well. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Cam Johnson, like, rattled off, like, 15 straight a couple dunks and a couple threes, and I was like, "What the hell just happened here?" You can't it's- jinx a team either way, Saul. You just said if you know, we can't hey. control what's going on. So hey, you're I'm not the one that I texted. I'm not the I, one I that tweeted that the, I'm not the one that's like thriving for mediocrity care. here. Okay. <laughs> look- yeah, you're not. Um, no, um, I tweeted the Suns looked like they didn't even care at the end of the third quarter, and then they proved me wrong. And so I just said reverse. <laughs> score, then they went forty-one to twelve. <laughs> forty-one to twelve in the fourth. I mean, they got my they got my tweet. I guess yeah, they checked their phones it, at the end of the Chris Paul was on the sideline like fellows. Monty, fellas, <laughs> Dave King. Did you see what Dave said? We, we're exactly going to drop 42 and then we're going to Hooters, fellas. This Dave King guy is pissing us off. Let's do this. Uh, look, uh, I, I agree on the... This dude after the game. Come on, man. <laughs> I actually, quick aside... You think players don't see stuff like that, but I went in the locker room. Oh, uh, this was when Alan Williams was here, uh, and I had tweeted something like, I want Alan Williams to follow me around at my office and and pump me up because he, he was having one of those games where he was quite excited on the sidelines, and I walked into the locker room with a press pass, and I went over to I, I talked to Bledsoe or Booker or somebody, and Alan Williams actually – says to me, so you want me to follow you around your office, huh? And I never had met Alan Williams. I don't know Alan Williams. It was very <laughs> weird. So they do sometimes read those tweets. I will say that much for it. But uh, back to the topic. Saul, so I totally agree that Cam and McHale and DA to ex- extent are going to be, unless they make a move, are going to be the re- whether or not they succeed. And that fourth quarter was a prime example. But what I liked from Cam against the Pelicans was he didn't settle for the threes in that fourth. 
He mm-hmm. slashed to the basket. He drove hard. He got those dunks. And then his three started to fall because he had confidence. And he got to the line a few times before uh, before he shot those threes as well. That's when we're going to see Cam Johnson at his best. And I think that's Mikhail Bridges as well when he when he slashes the hoop and all that uh, as well is, is at his best. And I <clears> wish they do that more. I think when they have these slumps, it's because they're relying too much on that three-point shot and not getting involved other ways. Well, I think uh, that's why Eddie Johnson's the, one of the best color guys in the, in the, in the league, period, uh, is because he was calling for that. Mm-hmm. In that fourth quarter, and sure enough, when Cam got to the got to the uh, to the rim a couple times, magically enough, those three started dropping. And I mean, EJ EJ called it at the beginning. So yeah. you know. By the way, I just wanted to go back. You know, you guys always bring up the fact that you guys did this podcast for three years when the Suns were not at their greatest. It, it's very reminiscent of one of my favorite movies. Dave's gonna hate this. Uh, Five hundred yards of crap. Just to get to the other side, which is a Shawshank reference. Congratulations, you two! You made it. Here you hey, are. The scene where he's standing in the water <laughs> in the rain. That. Yes. That's so it. I should, should Photoshop Espo's face on Andy Dufresne as he's looking into the rain. <laughs> Please do, because that is that is definitely how I feel when it comes it comes to this. That that pipe was a lot longer than five hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's another question in the chat. Um, are we sure that the Suns are just one piece away from being like, yeah, I mean, I, let's just say like it is, from competing with the Lakers? Yes, I think they are. Are we sure they're a piece away from competing with the Lakers? Like no. legit competing, not just like we, we had no. a great series. Actually, legitimately beating the Lakers, being focused, yeah. But competing? No, I mean Miami competed with well, the Lakers last year. Yeah, that's what I mean. Beating the Lakers. Yes. I um, think depending on obviously what the piece is, you can't go get the 14th guy off somebody's <laughs> roster and go, look, he's got a piece. I'm sorry uh to the chatter in here. I think it's Ali. Um Ali, uh Luke Samanek is not that piece that the Suns are missing to become a contender against the Lakers. Um even if I'm saying his name right, because I've never actually seen this guy play, Luka Semenich. I don't know. Uh, he, that's the guy from Iowa, isn't he? That isn't that the. Am I wrong? Isn't that the guy? The, no, that's Luca Garza. Okay, thank yeah. you. Too many Lucas. What? When did Luca become oh, a popular name? Yeah, yeah. Right? Can oh, we yeah. just not have Lucas? Just wait eighteen <laughs> years from now. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a oh, whole generation of, of Lucas of in the NBA. Name, um, I guess it is possible to start in the All Star game on a losing team in the West. Yeah, when you have all the hype that Luca gets, for sure. Yeah. He shouldn't even oh, be a starter this year. Not over Dame. Luca Samanich is in the G League. Why do we think he's the missing piece? Because he's averaging eleven rebounds a game, Dave. Look, I. I think you can add on the fringes too, uh, to help this team on the back end, and and a guy like that could be, could be a project. I, I don't know, but to me, our project is Jalen Smith. There it is, one eighty piece. That's it, just one eighty piece. What I was going to say is that is that the Suns are not one middling piece away. They have lots of pretty good pieces on the team. If you're going to make a trade, it's got to be all-star level person to add a third current all-star level person, but without taking away. You can't just say, I want to I want to acquire an all-star. Well, okay, then you're trading away three or three of the pieces that are helping them win right now. And does that all-star add up to those three pieces? In Chris Paul's case, yes. In most guys' case that, that you can acquire right now, no. And look, Larry Markkinen is hurt for the next few weeks. Thad Young, um, Thad Young my, makes too much money. You couldn't make that work. No, I look, Thad Young, I look couldn't make it work. Sense. Plus, he's, he's a he's a connector piece, like a Jay Crowder. I mean, look, you, the I think thing they is need to, a connector to, piece. to add newer people in. You have to take away from who's currently playing. You can't just. This isn't like um, you know uh, playing cards. You know, you can't just keep adding without subtracting at the same time. Look, uh, Markkinen or Collins is probably the type of name you're going to wind up with that helps fill a power forward spot. And I think that pushes you right onto the edge of actually being able to beat a team like the Lakers if you gel. Like, there's there's a big caveat because we've seen this team. At the peak, when everybody's clicking, they could literally beat anybody. 
But the problem is this team hasn't all been clicking for more than a quarter or two at a time this season. And, and that's the problem. I think you can add a guy at power forward. That is a glaring hole right now that you can add to this team. And, and I think a marketing, uh, you know, Colin, when you're one of only three to six million dollar in the entire league with the top 10 offense and a top 10 defense, can you really say power forward's a glaring hole? What is what's glaring about it? Yeah, I don't think it's glaring at all. I I think I think in key moments, you know, you you obviously you notice it, but I don't think it's as glaring what, as, as people make it out to be. I'm this is a legit question. In what uh, way do you, you know? You know, like for instance, when 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 DA is in the game and you need another option down low because maybe DA isn't producing, that's when I notice it the most. Like the other night against the Nets, they needed points in the paint just to kind of you know, keep the the tide going in their favor, um, and they relied everything on Chris Paul, and nobody else was able to contribute. And when you don't have that low post presence, it doesn't free up all those other guys for open shots. And so um, that's kind of when I notice it every now and then. But outside of that, I I don't I don't agree that it's a glaring need as much as as our friend over here does. But you know, that's his opinion. Well, look, there's there's two well, ways. Would, to would John College Collins catch more lobs? Yeah. But would he give up more points than he scores? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tell me which power forward on this roster doesn't give up more points than they score. Cam Johnson isn't a defensive stalwart. Frank Kaminsky isn't a defensive stalwart. Cam Johnson's not a power forward. But he's played power forward for Sure, they have the flexibility to do that. They stretch the court. So, okay, so great. You acquire uh, power forward and then Cam Johnson... Collins is shooting 40% from deep. Marketing can shoot the three. Like, it's not, I'm not saying two to four weeks. Stop with the marketing. Great. Two to four weeks is nothing. I mean, we're talking still within the trade window. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that doesn't scare me. Always hurt. Look, (laughs) you're not going to, you're not going to get a perfect superstar for nothing that fits in the cap right now. Like that, that you're not going to find all of a sudden there people aren't going to make all-stars available for Javon Carter and a draft pick. Like you got to be realistic if you're going to add to this roster and how you do it. I mean, to be like, honest, I, I know who we should go get. I I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's, it's, it's absolutely this dude. This dude, oh, we should God. get this guy <laughs> as the power forward. Told you about the clip. Booker throwing yeah. me lobs. Yeah, yeah, Booker throwing him lobs. And, oh, man, this is this does not get pretty at all. Um, you keep I just in mind, say, I'm 235 in that clip, all right? So yeah. the fact that I even can jump at all is impressive. <laughs> Look at this. That, that part right there is my favorite part. It's, it looks like you <laughs> want to try and block him, and then you realize he's going to throw you a lob. <laughs> oh, why why should I expect the rookie to throw me a lob, right? Like no, I, I almost like killed I like Devin Booker before he got a chance to be a star here. I almost, by the, for the dunk is a bounce also, pass. Where, where was that? Where the was that? The greenhouse in the 200 level at the arena. They used to do the photo shoots up there. They'd set up backdrops. And when Espo saw, or what Espo, oh my God, I read that in the chat. When, when uh, Booker saw that, when Book saw that, he's like, oh, I so bad, like, let's play, like, let's, let's go play. And I was like, okay. And I had no idea. He was gonna th- the first one, when I start laughing is because I didn't know he was going to throw me a lob. It basically hit me almost in the head. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm proud to say I was the first person that Devin Booker ever threw an assist to while wearing a Phoenix Suns uniform. And there's video proof of it. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes this does look like a DA lob. You know, and I'll tell you what, man, he's actually better at throwing you lobs than he is at throwing DA lobs until the last couple of weeks. This is is a seven foot hoop, too. Shades of Oliver Miller there. Somebody said in the chat. Don't say that to Oliver. Oliver had some skills and lost weight more efficiently Uh, than than I did. So he did. uh, Thank you. <laughs> Espo for All Star from Fabio in the chat. Yeah. Hey, in, in Espo, <laughs> just in, in all full disclosure, if you want to find the blippy clip and you want to send it my way, I'll play that too. That's all right. That's my claim to fame right now, baby. <laughs> I looked for the gorilla tra- trampoline jumping, and I am pretty sure the Suns have uh, 
have taken that off the face of the planet. So I will, <laughs> I will go dig through some old uh, hard drives if you'd like to embarrass Love me it. with Love that. It. For those of you on the podcast, I just realized we just played a video clip and you have absolutely no clue what we oh, were yeah. watching. Sorry about it was Devin Booker throwing me lobs on a si seven foot hoop back uh, yeah. in my last year. And, and Espo getting his fingertips to the top of the rim. Hey, I, hey, he I did, dunked he, once he, and hung on the rim. He, he dunked with as much ferocity as the Suns' uh, current center. So, yeah. Oh, so. Oh. Anyways, uh, I I still think <laughs> you're gonna have to go bargain shopping to add to this roster. You're not going big game hunting because they don't have the cap space. And to Dave's Man. point, you're very right. You're not going to give up get a a star without giving up a key piece of the future. I don't want to mortgage it. I want to find a guy that you can. And I think marketing and Collins is the kind that you could get with salary filler and draft picks. <clears throat> you could take a swing on Collins because he hasn't gotten his extension yet. Absolutely. You could get him for, I mean, really you could just do Javon Carter and uh, Langston Galloway for Collins. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what his current salary is this summer. He's going to want a ton of money. And really would you pay John Collins ahead of, which is a year ahead of your extensions to DA and bridges. And that's the problem is, well, it's, it's a problem for this summer, not for problem for this season. You could acquire him and play him in, in whatever minutes it feels like playing him. Cause you haven't actually um, invested a ton in him. Uh, so absolutely. Uh, John Collins would be an, he's not the missing piece to make you a contender though. And that's what we were talking about originally when I yeah, was. So why even do it that acquisition? I, I think a guy um, like him well, or a because, marketing could be. No, I don't. Totally don't. Fair enough. We can disagree there. I just <laughs> no, think it's that kind of guy, or you add absolutely that. nothing, and you hope, <laughs> and you hope that they figure out how to how to get it together. I mean, those those are, are what it what it comes down to. I mean, that's 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 what it comes down to. You take a shot on something like that, or you ride with what you have and hope you can can do it. I'm of the belief that put all the chips on the table. Go go and find a piece. Try to make your run in the next. Well, apparently, year. watching you dunk, the missing piece is you. So hey, let's get you out there. I'll sign for less than the veteran minimum. We'll break. We'll break league <laughs> rules uh, to, to get me on the roster. And then we will watch us lose fourteen in a row. No, I would <clears> play <throat> the Allen Williams role. I'd just be the bench guy waving the towel real emphatically, right? Uh, that would be that would be what I do. Frank and I would come up with all sorts of handshakes and and fist bumps and woo when guys hit shots. That would all that that would be my role. <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be yeah. great. That's all I would do. Uh, so I, now it's time. We, we've played a little hypothetical, but I want to go even more hypothetical. Because why the do hell it. not? This is, a, this is a podcast that we like to have some fun on. Obviously, I'm not going to be on the roster, but we spent some time talking about that. So why not look back in Suns history and go, which guy in Suns history could you add to this roster and that would fit, not just going, oh, well, add Nash, because then you'd have CP3 and Nash. You'd have two. I want actual legitimate fit to make this team a contender. Uh, Saul, we've started with Dave a few times, so why don't we start with you on this topic? Who would be your guy from Suns history you'd add to this roster to make him a contender? My, my man, Joey Buckets, Joe Johnson. I, I want Joe Johnson Ooh. on this team. Just because he's a playmaker, he can get a shot off at any time he wants. He's going to aid in Booker and and CP three in the in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, Joe Johnson, I, I just you know we <clears throat> we could always go with the big names, Stoudemire, you know, <clears throat> Sir Charles, and and all this other stuff. But Joe Johnson, to me, at the two guard uh, or three or four, sometimes Espo, um, <laughs> it, it just doesn't matter. Like he's he's a walking bucket, and I think this team needs that in some vital times. He's just. So, so you realize you can have Joe Johnson. He is playing for Team USA right now in Puerto Rico. You can have uh, Joe Johnson. I'm talking about 2008 Joe Johnson, not uh, not 2021. Sorry. Okay, thank you. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> because we could make a call and make it happen. Uh, Dave, who would be your guy? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the top. I'm gonna say that the 1993 version of Charles Barkley is the guy they need to add. So while I said. The Suns don't have a glaring hole at power forward. Jeez, if you put <laughs> if you put Charles in there, he's basically the power forward version of Chris Paul. And and you you pair those guys up together. You just add him to this team. 
I'm okay sitting Jay Crowder for him. <laughs> I'm okay having Cam Johnson fight for a few minutes at small forward for him. Charles would make all the difference in the world. He would be a third closer for the team, and and the Suns would be almost unbeatable. Look, I I am I am the biggest Charles Barkley fan you'll meet. Like I went total fanboy the first time I met him, and I I still love Charles Barkley, having grown up in this town. And and I can see that. I can see where you add him. I don't know how it would work with with DA, uh, but I guess it really doesn't matter when you're adding 93 Barkley. But to me, I would add Connie Hawkins. I think what Connie could do with this team. Okay, raise your hand in the chat if you've ever seen a highlight of Connie Hawkins, let alone a game. Or if you actually know the name Connie Hawkins, I could be I, I could be uh, aging myself. But no, look, having said that, you are absolutely right. That's great. I mean the his his passing, the way he. I mean, go go look up the YouTube clips. Right, this guy could palm a ball like and, oh, and do the. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it was crazy. He was, he was Doctor J. Can I tell? Can I tell a quick Connie Hawkins story? Of course. Is that okay. So uh, back in the day, I was like, uh, I think I was like 12 or something like that. The Arizona Republic is where my parents used to work. They used to work in like the mechanic warehouse, whatever. Um, they invited all the, the kids of the people that worked in the warehouse down to the, the, to the practice court um, to meet Frank Johnson. And so we went down there. We met Frank Johnson, whatever. And Frank told us all to, to line up around the three-point line. And anybody who made two in a row will get a free pair of, of shoes. And so we're like, cool. Connie Hawkins walks down, comes to the court, watches us all shoot. I shoot and I miss the first one. And I'm like, damn, I don't get a, a pair of shoes. About five minutes later, the ball bounces back to me. And I'm like, well, I'm going to shoot it. And I shoot it and I make it. And Frank Johnson looks at me. He's like, didn't you already shoot? And Connie Hawkins is right behind me. He's like, let the kid shoot again. So I grab it and I shoot it and I make it another one. I make two in a row. Frank Johnson has to give me shoes. And Connie Hawkins is like, all right, my man. And he gives me five. And then he goes to shake my hand after he gives me five, which is, I thought was kind of weird. When he grabbed my hand, I mean, his, his hands literally went like all the way up to here and just grabbed me. And, He's and, shaking and also, your elbow. Also, they were like the softest hands of all time. I was like, oh my God, it's like my hands inside a pillow. It was just the craziest thing. It was so awesome. Connie Hawkins, he's a real one. Yeah, he he was. That's I met awesome. him. I met him while he's at the team. Uh, when I was at the team, and really nice guy, big impact in the community here in Arizona. But I just think I think his skill set, the way he played the game, he'd fit with this team. He'd play amazing with Chris Paul. Uh, I think I think he would be the missing piece to a championship here if you got him uh, in the time that he played with the Suns. And the crazy thing is, the Suns didn't even get him in his prime. Because nope. he was banned from the league for yeah, for that was a such a tragic so, story. Yeah, oh. i I think there's a I think there's a book called Foul. I believe that's what it's yeah. called about uh, about Connie Hawkins' story. But yeah, I highly recommend if for uh, those if who, the youngins who have haven't no, seen him. Yeah, who have no no point of reference here. Connie Hawkins was basically kind of a Dr. J type. In the in, in the mm-hmm. ABA, uh, Dr. George J. Gervin kind of George <laughs> Gervin type, totally high flyer, totally uh, one of the most talented guys ever to put on basketball shoes, and then he got um, hooked. He got uh, mixed up in in some uh, um, criminal activity that I don't think he was pretty sure he wasn't involved in at all. But um, he got banned from the ABA and NBA for years, and when he finally got uh, freed up to play again. He was on the very tail end of a of I know of his athleticism. And if you take years off of the NBA, you just can't play as well. Obviously, even if he was in his prime. So uh, we really missed out on a gem in Connie Hawkins for sure. Hold on a second. We go, hey kids, if you don't know Connie Hawkins, he was like Dr. J and George Gervin. <laughs> as if that's going to help them okay. have any reference right. as to who Connie Hawkins was. <laughs> <laughs> we we went like five years later than oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, sorry kids. <laughs> 
Yeah, kids are like, yeah, I still don't know who those dudes are. Don't worry, yeah, okay. the kids uh, aren't listening to our show. We are the <laughs> we are the dad joke of uh, of sons podcast. You're here if you're in your like twenty four to to forty nine. That's the range. Yeah, we're you're here if your old lady told you to get up and take care of the baby. That's what you're <laughs> yeah. here for. The kids are somewhere else. Let's be honest. <laughs> or if okay. your babies are grown and it's your grandkid. Yeah, that too. All right, Blaze Megatron, one of our great flaming ballers in the chat. Uh, is trying to say that the Mikhail Bridges is basically the Matrix. Can we please stop that? Mikhail Bridges is not Sean Marion. Go back yeah, sorry, and rewatch please. Sean Marion. Maybe Mikhail can get to that level. Mikhail is not at that level. I, Mikhail- I agree with him. I agree with him. He's 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 close. He's the closest no. thing we've had to, no. to Marion. No, okay. that's like saying uh, you know. Kendall Marshall was the closest thing we had to Nash because at the time, because well, he could throw assists. Like that's no, a weak look. No, I'm not saying he is Sean Marion, and I'm not even saying he's he's close. But the skill sets that he has as a young player compared to the skill sets that Sean had as a young player are very similar. Uh, defensively, defensively, yes, yes, um, yeah. and the and the kind of things you can do on offense, yeah, sure. But Sean Marion was a walking uh, ten rim, plus yeah. rebounds guy. Okay. He is uh, Sean Marion is a dude who uh, would be perfect as today's uh, power was, forward in today's 18 game. Eighteen to twenty points. He yep. was a guy that was going to catch lobs. Could you imagine him catching lobs from CP three? Like the, I, I love McHale. Yeah, his defense is next level. Uh, he's on that level of Sean Marion from a defensive perspective, but the rest of his game is not even close yet. Like. You know, I, uh, he's I, my feeling very much matrix like plays. He's never going to rebound like that. He's just not, he's not a rebound hunter. He doesn't do the second jumps to third jumps to get the rebounds. You guys just haven't seen matrix in a long time. Look, I, I think he could be in that discussion later on, but he's just not there yet. Uh, and on this team, does he play a similar role? Yes, but it's, it, it's a very, very watered down version of what what Marion was doing even early in his career in those uh, in those Steph Marbury days when when Marion started with the Suns like pump the brakes uh, on Mikhail being Steph- the matrix Stephon Marbury okay let's not say Steph okay Stephon Marbury there we go there we go Don't hey another thing man. on the go plus ahead. side for Mikhail no Curry go ahead is no matter what happens in Mikel's career, he's not going to be the dude who goes, I need to be a team's best player. I can't stand, I don't want to play anymore with Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire because they get too much attention. Never say but never. Never Mikkel's say not, never. He doesn't have that personality. Never, he just neither, did Scottie any, Pippen went, neither, neither did Scotty Pippen when he came into <laughs> he the league. And then by the end, he was like, mm, are you going to pass the ball to Tony Kukoc? No, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, that will never happen with Mikel. No. Dude, Let's uh let's grind don't you like when I go with absolutes and, and don't listen to any yes. other arguments? It's often, awesome, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that's, what makes, that's what makes shows like this fun. If we all went, that is a quality <laughs> point, and I will that think about that point. and get back to you next week. Mm, it's very standoffish. Very I am the day. opposite of NBA fandom. <laughs> I will listen to somebody else's take. <laughs> Seth Jones goes, Do you have any shareable starberry stories from his time here? Uh Sure, I'll give you one. I wasn't actually with the team, but yeah, I was going to say I, you didn't work for the team when Stephon. I, I don't think Marbury I told. I think good. I've told this one before, but my favorite tweet ever. I asked. I was working for. I think it was Fanster.com, one of the the, the local website, and I put out the question: uh, Who would have, if you could look at anybody in in Arizona sports history, who would be the Dennis Rodman? Because Dennis Rodman had done something crazy again it was after his career but it was he was a talking point so we put that out there and i said it's a hundred percent steph marbury because this was when he was steph eating Mar- vaseline live on the internet right? <clears throat> oh, steph and Mar- steph marbury just steph replies Mar- back i didn't tag him steph either Mar- right i just typed in his name <laughs> so he Mar- obviously was searching for his name and he replies <laughs> yep i'm crazy and that was it and i went that is the greatest tweet I have ever received, and I will never receive a better tweet. That is by Stefan Marbury. There we go. There we go. Hey, my, I think my favorite um, uh, Espo <laughs> follow on uh, on Twitter is Marching Gortat, though. Oh yes, he uh, not he may my follow, on the show. your follow. Yeah, 
he may actually come on the show. It was his birthday this week. Oh, we awesome. About. Yes, let's get him on the show. We can talk about how the brothel on two wheels is going. No, Dave. I, I want to know how that was mistranslated because he's told me that is not what he said. So we will ask him <laughs> how that was mistranslated. We need to know what he really said. <laughs> because that's been my fantasy basketball thing, team name for, for years now. But uh <laughs> The brothel on two wheels, but yes, Marchin Gortat may uh, swing by. But let's get this thing. Oh, is back. he going to come in right before or after Langston Galloway? <laughs> Langston is still is still on. Hey, look, it's tough to get people to come in on a Saturday morning. At Eight a.m. I know. For, I've for tried the, so hard to get especially people, especially when they're on the, fight. especially when they're in the Midwest or East Coast, like they are right now, and it's like ten o'clock. It's like, oh, well, they don't want to get up that early. They have no, they're, around they're going to shoot stuff. around and stuff. Yeah, no, I've tried as well. This is this is not the best time to get. This is a terrible time slot. Maybe we'll get them on the midweek stimmy because that'll be. You know, if only easier. we had this thing called technology where we can record <laughs> interviews in advance and just play them uh, anytime we want. That'd be crazy. Crazy, huh? It's all shut up. All right. <laughs> I'm laughing because I, I'm like, but I don't have any time the rest of the week. This is it, man. <laughs> That's why you didn't show up to the midweek stimmy. I know. I don't have any busy time. Guy. Busy this guy. is the hour I have to hide in the walk-in closet. All right. Anyways, uh, so let's let's get back to uh, to the topics on hand. Uh, Devin Booker. We've we've talked All Star a little bit, but. Is he a shoo-in to be a reserve? Uh, some people are acting as if he is. I'm not all that sure. Where do you guys stand? Dave, let's start with you. Uh, I think he's a shoo-in. It's, it's one of those things where now we get to be the beneficiaries of, look, my dude is still playing and they're a winning team and people like him. Um, as opposed to uh, um, now this year, it's, it's Zach Levine in Chicago where he's putting up these incredible stats. But it's like, is he going to make the All-Star game? He's never been an All-Star before. Why should he be in there? And it will have to take an injury to get him in this year in the East. Same thing. Uh, now Booker is the beneficiary on the other end where it doesn't matter if you have a not quite as good a season. You're still the number one guy on a playoff team. And that's, yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's uh, a, a much, much better chance than not that Booker is going to be named a reserve, even though it's the coaches. So far, we've only heard from non-coaches who would be on the rest of the team. And those are the ones who actually name the rest of the team. But um, uh, those are the same guys who just pencil in last year's guys. They, they just do. The coaches don't want to put a ton of time into doing a lot of research on who really should be in the NBA or, I'm sorry, in the All-Star game. What they do is they go, who was on the team last year? Are they still good? Great. And so now Devin Booker is a beneficiary of that. So I absolutely believe Devin Booker and maybe even Chris Paul simply for that same logic unless they just run out of spaces for guys who deserve it. Because of course now Steph Curry is back. You're minus James Harden, you're plus Steph Curry. Uh, I, uh, there's one other plus person in the, in the all-star um, um, mix this year that was out last year. So it, it might come down to one of Paul and Booker, but it's Booker first, I believe Paul second. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if both are on. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think, uh, I definitely think that it's going to be Devin Booker uh, over CP3. Although CP3 is playing lights out right now, but um, yeah, he is. I, w I would expect Devin Booker to get the nod just because you know CP3 has been there so many times, and Devin Booker's pretty much been the been the guy this year. So um, I, I'd be shocked if if he didn't get the nod. I swear I'm not trying to play contrarian on this episode. I'm I, I simply have, you just uh, are. You're, you're not trying are, to yeah. do anything. You just are. No, look, I, but to me, when you look at this team. This, I, I'm gonna. Uh, some people are gonna be pissed off with this, and it's fine. But when you look at this team, if you take Chris Paul off this roster, they are they are the exact team they were last year. We're not we're not seeing, you know. Uh, yep. The reason they're winning is Chris Paul. In some situations, is just simply willing them to win. That was what the fourth quarter on Friday night against New Orleans was. Was Chris Paul said enough of this crap? I'm taking over. We're going to win this thing. And and he did it by his passing and his aggressiveness yep. and getting other guys open. To me, he's been the X factor in why the Suns team is 18 and 10 rather than, you know, a, a team that's around 500 or, or a little below, which is where they were last year. So 
to me, CP3 deserves the nod over Book simply because of that fact that he has been the difference between being middle of the road, like uh, like we've seen the Mavs be this year, and the Suns being in in a top four position right now. It's CP3, and that's why I think he should get the nod over Book. And that's not a knock on Booker. Booker's played very well this year. It's been a step down from where he was last year. But to me, CP3 has been a difference maker and is a guy that that wins. And I think that's why he should get the nod over Booker for, for the All-Star team. Now, I think they both should be in, but I think in, real, in, in reality, only one son's getting in. And if it is, I think it probably should be CP3. <clears throat> I'm going to do my weekly DA plug um, because we always have to have stat something me, like Dave. that. There we go. Oh, no, stat I have a different me, kind Dave. of stat. Stat me, Dave. Stat me, Dave. I thought you were going to record an actual female. Well, not I'm Espo, trying to find the proper voice out there. Okay. And Espo and I, I will fully admit, are not that voice. So when we say stab me, Dave, that's not stab the way. Me, Dave. <laughs> that sounds like a horror movie. It sounds like something I would wake up to and be scared. Stab mm, me, Dave. Stab me, Dave. <laughs> All right, Go well, ahead, you guys sir. are completely ruining this entire uh, the the graphic, <laughs> the wonderful graphic that that Saul put up. Yeah, that's a graphic that Espo's voice should not be coming out of. <laughs> deal, deal. We won't do it again. <laughs> even the even the fans in the chat are going. Please stop. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I was before I do the stat. I'm just going to say DA has also not been suspended this year. Um, that has, is also playing a little bit of a part because defensively people don't give him credit, but um, he actually um, has been a big difference maker defensively. Now, <clears throat> with my stat of the week, we are going to start having the nerd time. You all can put on your glasses if you want, Saul. You can grab your glasses. Um, no, we did the stat me, Dave. I told you I wasn't going to do the glasses anymore. All right, good. good, good, good. Um, yeah, there you go. The Suns are 18 and 10 this year. They in the last 12 games, they are 10 and 2. And to your point earlier, um, they should be 11 and 1. If Chris Paul had anything to do with it because he had 17 points in the fourth against the Nets and nobody else did. Um, but in the last, would you you would think that them winning 10 of 12 that they would just be blowing the doors off offensively and defensively and, and having one of the best stretches of the season. But they're actually worse in offense and defense. Saul is yawning. Thank you, Saul. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I'm perfect. sorry. And um, we've lost Saul. <clears throat> they, are, they are actually worse on offense and defense during this stretch than they have been for overall average for the entire year. And the only reason the reason they're winning these games is because Chris Paul and Devin Booker are playing like all stars. Um, Chris Paul, obviously, you guys have seen how he closes out fourth quarters. Devin Booker, minus the Nets game, um, has been great in fourth quarters as well. That's the difference. There's there's a couple of other little indicators. They are second in uh, points allowed on turnovers. The second lowest points allowed in turnovers in this stretch, second lowest in second chance points allowed, and seventh lowest in or seventh most in points scored in the paint. Points scored in the paint. Uh, well, actually, points allowed in the paint. Sorry, but so they're defending the rim, and they're not giving up easy points. That's how you know, they're winning. You know what's so funny is this last night I thought there was a uh, a key moment that if you weren't watching the game, you would never know what happened, but it was uh, Da. Um, in the fourth quarter, he had uh, a monster rebound um, and put back. And it just seemed like that moment right there kept the momentum going at a, at a kind of a critical time. And I thought D.A. played very well in the fourth quarter. Um, and it just the, – the whole fourth quarter just flowed. Mm -hmm. And then th that was the beauty. That's what you hope to see as a Suns fan. You saw a little Cam Johnson magic. Um, you saw D.A. put in. And then – then you bring in the point guard and, uh, I mean, CP3. I mean, how amazing was he down the stretch and then capitalizing on that three to finish it off, really? Just, hey, when people say finish off a team, CP3 knows how to finish off a team. 
Well, and then he proceeded to say, I own this place. Yeah. Which is yeah. A, a, a fun call back to the fact that he's the leader in New Orleans. Anyway, CP3 is that shooter who, who gets you in the chest halfway across the room. Then he walks up to you and just puts one in your head to finish it off. That's CP3 at the end of a game, man. He doesn't take any prisoners. <laughs> uh, sure. I'm not Show even no. going to touch that. No. Show <laughs> no mercy. Shoot, shoot me, Dave. Shoot Are me. Are <laughs> Sweep the leg is what he's saying. Yeah, so, exactly. But but you bring up DA, but I think Chris Paul on purpose got DA involved early in that fourth quarter. He went he went directly to DA down low that got not only himself rolling from an assist standpoint, but got DA uh, massively engaged in that fourth quarter. And I think he did that knowingly. And I think he tried to find Cam as well, knowingly, because he I'm, I'm pretty sure Chris Paul understands what we were talking about earlier. This team goes as those kind of guys go. And he knew he, if they got going, that the fourth quarter was going to be the Suns uh, to take. I have a question for the for the ballers and the and the, and the people in the chat. Um, you know, there was so much consternation. It was probably like a 50-50 split in people wanting CP3 and people not wanting CP3 at the time, especially when it came to, to Rubio and what Rubio did to kind of propel them from a 17-win season a, uh, two years ago to where they were last year, right? Um, do we finally realize that CP3 is a, a remarkable upgrade from Ricky Rubio? Because <laughs> you put Ricky Rubio in that position last night, the Suns might not win that game might because not. of the very they point. Don't. The, the, because of the very points that we're, you guys are making right now, yeah, other other players played very very well, but CP3 has such a large part in that, and yeah. you just cannot undervalue it at all. Yep. No, and to that point, I think we're talking ourselves into CP3 truly being the best player on this team this year, the All Star on this team, even if Devin Booker is the one who's named to it, um, because CP3 has been in ten of these things. I'd rather CP3 lead the t lead the Suns deep in the playoffs, deeper than he's been. Now, CP3 has never made the finals. Has he even gotten out of the second round? I think he made the conference finals. Yeah, he he got to the Western he's... Conference Finals against the Warriors when he was with okay. the Rockets. So Remember, I would they, love they it had, for the Suns. They had that big lead yeah. in the fourth quarter and they blew it. And right. Yeah, he's How many gone three, as far threes as did they miss in a row? Twenty-seven straight threes or something they missed in a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, and that's the look, only way Golden State won that game. He's he's gone as far as Steve Nash has gone in the playoffs. So let's yep. keep that in mind. Let's help uh, get him further. Yes, that's that's the goal here in these next two years. I uh, know. Uh, no Espo's big board, but I do want to, uh, because I wanted to spend some time plugging Kaminsky Cove. Uh, very few parcels left, quite expensive right now, simply because of what I like to call Kaminsky's rule. The Suns are 7-0 when Frank Kaminsky starts. When he's not a starter, they're 11-10. So, If you didn't listen to the midweek podcast, the midweek stimmy, you will, you will know that not only did Espo, but I said that I guarantee you Monty Williams called or talked to Frank Kaminsky after that loss against the Nets mm -hmm. and said, that one's on me. I sh you got to play at least a minute in this game after you've been balling your ass off all season. Um, and then he started, he hit five threes. He had 17. He was the leading scorer in the game at one point at 17. So uh, you got to play Frank Kaminsky. He's, he's balling for you. You got to reward the guy. Otherwise you're going to lose the whole team. If you keep doing stupid crap like that. Look, respect the streak. That's all I've ever said. I don't yeah. actually believe that. You know, in, that. A, in a different way, he is like uh, this year's Jaron Collins. Jaron <laughs> you guys are like, what? Blank. The Suns actually had a, um, with, due to injuries, they had Jaron Collins uh, starting for him and playing 16, 15 minutes a game for the Suns. He's also kind of like an Aaron Baines as well, where you start, you play just a few minutes, you don't play most of the rest of the game, but you set the right state, set the right standard, um, uh, make some good plays, and then you let the rest of the team finish it out. That's that's Frank Kaminsky. Look, baby, <laughs> I, I own that. Yeah, Blaze Megatron, my flaming baller, says, yeah, Espo, my condo values skyrocketed. Thanks for the hot tip. Yep, you're welcome. The problem welcome. is Espo will never sell, so the value being skyrocketed uh, doesn't matter. He's He'll only sell when it's down to zero again. Look, I am I am here. Kaminsky Cove stonks. Yep, you're right. Look, I am, <laughs> I am here. To, what, is, I, what is that mug you have? Oh, it's a uh, 
Some people don't believe in heroes, but they haven't met my dad. My daughter gave uh, it to me. So. Uh, Your daughter I went a, out and I bought that, that, was that a, all by herself. I yes, thought that she was did. a stab me, stab me Dave mug. <laughs> I'll, get you, I'll have a stab Dude. me Dave mug. Yeah. I want a stab me Dave mug. I'm going to do that. Send me that graphic. But, that but awesome. Look, at se seven and oh with Frank Kaminsky. Kaminsky's rule. Let, let's roll the dice. Just keep doing it until you lose. Well, I mean, what at that point I go, ah, the rule doesn't matter. Throw it out. It's just BS anyways. And, and everybody's happy. But if you're winning, just keep doing it. That's just kind yeah. of my feel with it. You know, For that's sure. all I got on the Kaminsky Cove. Uh, <laughs> buy, buy your property. I'll take your, your piece of it. And uh, the sun and is shining at the moment. Yes. We're not in the middle. It's not Texas and Kaminsky Cove. As Jim, uh, Jim Rose Circus in the chat says, hard to get to the cove by land. You have to cross a lot of bridges. That's right. Oh, Minsky and Mikhail Bridges have that connection. I think it's a big part oh. of why they've uh, started their 7 0 in his start. So, hat tip to, uh, to Jim, one of our favorites that's been with us a long time. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe else? Frank was hurt. Just uh, Justin Vega <laughs> commented, why didn't he play against the Nets? It was just because the Nets went super small. And uh, Monty, Monty already had DA out there. He wasn't going to put another big guy who couldn't move. They were playing again, five out. Again, this is one of those situations, and, and we talked about earlier. I understand matchups and you matching up to their small, but they also have to match up to your big. And I feel like we just didn't take advantage of that. That's just rehashing old stuff. I get it. But um, you can't yeah. always bend to the will of the other team. Sometimes they have to bend to your will, and good teams will make that happen. Well, yeah, especially – yeah, especially if you want to be a contender, you don't you don't have to play down to what your opponent's doing. You you have to force what you want to do with them sometimes. So, I think that is everything. No, uh, no, imagine this because we don't, we know Saul's not doing that anymore. So, no, no. So, uh, I, we, we pretty much have canned that segment, um, and I will be creating a new one. Oh, it's it's gonna be Saul and Blippy, best friends forever. Will be. There we the, go. That's it. <laughs> the new segment. That's so uh, for <laughs> actually, you know, I do have an imagine this. Oh, actually, okay. it's more of a question. Uh, I was I was watching something yesterday, uh, and it was in somebody was talking to athletes and asking what was the most embarrassing thing you've ever done in your current profession. And after watching that dunk video, Espo, I was like, oh, I kind of want to ask these guys. And I want to know, was that the most embarrassing? And if it wasn't, what was? Have you met me? That, of course, is not the most embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even close. I mean, there's a million of them. I dance. I pretended to be a choreographer at the Sun's Dancer audition. I oh unfortunately remember that. Oh, my God. No way. Sunglasses, yeah. headband, taught a really dumb dance to two dancers. Yeah. Oh, my a, God. Did you, like, do the, like, Beyonce oh, single well, ladies went, dance or something like that? I went like all that, in. Or? Like, it was, it was ridiculous. It was. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. that, that makes me think of, I just uh, went after the Super Bowl. Um, uh, one of these old videos kind of resurfaced. And it was the, shoot, who's, what's the name of the tight end for Tampa Bay who had played with Gronk. Tom Brady? Gronk, Gronk, and James Corden <laughs> did a dance uh, in a Lakers game with the Lakers girls, and oh, yeah, they totally that. sold it, and it was freaking awesome. I don't remember Espos being quite that good, but it no, was close, it was I guess. Right? I'm not Gronk. I'm not James Corden. I'm the shape of James Corden, but I'm not uh, James Corden. Another one, since they were in New Orleans last night, and it, it it's around the time All Star <laughs> usually is. Uh, went to All Star game cover for the team. And uh, we went to the, what do they call it? NBA jam session where it's the fan experience area. And uh, who was it? Some One of the sons, I think it was Gorin. Yeah, it was Gorin <clears throat> was uh, in the skills competition and they have mini skills competition at the jam session. So we had these Google glasses. If you guys remember those at the time, which would give you first person video. Yeah, they tried. Yeah. And, uh, and I ran through the the uh, skills competition obstacle obstacle course, and I had a camera guy filming the other part of it. What most people don't know is I'm completely hung over in this video because it's New Orleans, and I made a few bad decisions the night before. So that one's pretty bad. Like I'm unathletic as it is, but when you <laughs> when you add in uh, not being at the top uh, physical 
ability as well. It, that was pretty bad. That was probably one of the one of the more embarrassing videos I did. But I treated my time at the Phoenix Suns like a a cross between an SNL sketch and something for the Daily Show. Like that was that was the way I, I handled the videos I did for them because there's so many great serious reporters uh, I, that it wasn't worth trying to be the next great serious Suns reporter. They had Paul Coro on the beat at the time, but they had nobody doing stupid stuff the way I yeah. could. So that's uh, what I did. Yeah. I told, I said, uh, I was at the Air university of Arizona student union and I said, Kobe Simmons out loud to my friend, Kobe Simmons won't even be a second round draft pick. And Kobe Simmons was right behind me. And I didn't realize oh. it. And Kobe Simmons unfollowed me on Twitter right away. And he was not a second round draft pick. How he has he drafted? been doing? I was right. Yeah. He's How's not even he in. Doing? You were up. He's in the G League, I think. Yeah. Well, you are correct, sir. <laughs> yes. Vincent yeah, in the call, chat. I calls him like I sees him. <laughs> Vincent in the chat says, "Sounds like Espo had a better time than a me." <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Espo decided to enjoy himself instead of be bitter. Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, and so. That is the Sun Solar Panel. Uh, a little bit more Espo story time than we ever should probably have on this Do damn show. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we well, we let it ride. Uh, thank you, Saul, for bringing up uh, ridiculous videos uh, from the past. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, we've got the Silver Fox at Dave King. You can follow him on Twitter at Dave King NBA. The NBA is there because he's the true all-star of this three-man team. Uh, and then you've got the Carmel oh Thunder God. from down under. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Saul <laughs> underscore Bookman. The underscore is there because the Saul <laughs> knows that the Bookman is muy caliente and you just don't want to touch that. So get out of space. I am at Espo on Twitter. You can follow the show at Sun Solar Panel. And we will talk to you for the midweek stimmy. I don't know if we'll do it Wednesday, Tuesday. We'll figure it out based on games, but we will be back for a midweek stimmy that you can listen to on anywhere you get podcasts. And if you become a flaming baller here on YouTube by clicking the join button, you will get to watch the video version of it as well. So for the flaming ballers, for everybody on the show, uh, Espo's Big Board will be back next week. For those asking in the chat, I'm Greg Esposito. Thanks for joining us. Ahoy hoy. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com